0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Glorious Rugby Podcast. I'm your host, John Fitzpatrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alistair Kirsch a.k.p. How you doing this morning, man?
1: Well, I'm less frustrated than I was uh, Saturday evening, so there's, there's that.
0: There is that. And how did you take out your frustrations this weekend, if you want to share with us? You don't have to go into details, but it sounded like you might have let off some steam. I drank
1: a fair amount of alcohol, got fairly hungover <laughs> on Sundays, so fun times, watched a lot of rugby Sunday, good hangover cure, I recommend it.
0: 100%, and of course we're talking about Oak Glory DC's round 6 matchup at home, unfortunately came up a little bit short, 20-17 to 17 to Nola Gold, Nola Gold now winners of 3 straight games, they are now in 2nd place in the Eastern Conference old glory dc in third place they did get a table point which is extremely valuable those things are always certainly important to get but akp you were at the match man kudos to you for a season tickets showing up rain cold sleet hail rain you name it what was the atmosphere like at the game i mean it was it looked pretty nasty out there
1: yeah i wasn't the only one at the game either it was surprisingly well attended for a what looked like it was going to be a rainy match but it ended up not raining at all um the team credit to them gave out free ponchos to it was the first 850 fans who arrived and i didn't even need to break mine out of the packaging so it was a passionate crowd i mean it wasn't it wasn't very big there I'll, a lot of people stayed home, or I think I think it was just the season ticket holders and the the people who are really passionate about the team, but that meant the everyone who's been cheering the last few weeks was was there and out in full force and yeah, I thought it was it was pretty good
0: you know it, on t v you could definitely hear the crowd, and certainly we'll talk about how vocal things got in the last. 15 to 20 minutes of the match. But you can definitely hear it on the crowd. And it's good to see, right? Early season, you know, weather's kind of nasty. The crowd will get there. This is a competitive team, and we're going to talk about that um, in a little bit. So it was good to hear, one, that you were there, as always. And two, that, you know, the crowd that was there was loud and vocal, making their voices heard. I want to recap this Nola Gold game, because there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about here. And certainly we mentioned they lost 20 to 17, came up just a bit short, had an opportunity there at the end try and get the game-winning try, just couldn't get it done. But reflecting back on the game, you've had a couple of days, you've shaken off the hangover. What, in your mind, do you think worked well for O'Gloor DC in the match?
1: So I want to start off with, even though we lost this match, um, the last couple of weeks, we've we've really proved that we are legit as a team. We've got a serious place in the discussion for... For playoff spots, I mean, we played New England to within three points. We played NOLA to within three points. Both of those games, we really, really could have won. It's not... Both of those games, we had leads. And NOLA, we had to lead most of the time. All but a, a handful of minutes. Unfortunately, the most important minutes. This team is is real. And this team is here. And I, I, I feel confident saying that now after after this performance. You always hate to lose, but... You know, I'm confident there are going to be a lot more wins coming this season. And when you just think about how bad last season was and the season before that wasn't great, like it's it's so nice to to have a team where you're frustrated that you're not beating one of the best teams in the league. It's such a change from last year.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I wanted to bring that up to um, Wednesday of last week, myself and Bill Baker from Eagle Overseas, we do our US Rugby Happy Hour Live and we had Rodney ona the fly half from nola Gold, and Jamison Fanon, so it's the captain from Old Glory DC on each on a different half hour, just talking about their season, talking about their approach, and talked about Jama being the um the, the captain. Real great insight from him. But he talked a little bit about this, just the the the, the shift, the mentality and the focus. From this year compared to last year and the changes that Old Glory went through and how the players hung tough going into this year. And I got to think that confidence in them is growing, right? And, and the simple fact that through six rounds, they're now in third place in the Eastern Conference. They're a team that even late in the game, when they were coming back, it didn't look like they were panicked, right? They, they, they seemed still in control of their emotions and their effort and how they were going to play. And yeah, they did come up short, but I think there's, there's this confidence that's growing in the team knowing that they're never out of the game, right? And I think what I hope we'll see over the next few weeks is that that shift from, okay, we're in this game, but now let's close this game out, right? Because that's how you're going to get into the playoffs, and that's how those, those teams that make the jump from being in the chase to qualifying is, is closing out those tight games when they need to, and I think we'll see that. We'll have an interesting matchup against San Diego, certainly, coming up that we'll talk about. But if, if you if you break down that first half right in that the first ten to fifteen minutes of the game old glory DC seemed, seemed to be controlling the ball right they had they were going they had possession they were going through some phases I love how Danny drew that first that that first penalty within the first two minutes right it was it was right there in the breakdown he didn't just he was trying to pick the ball up he de, he didn't necessarily need to bump into the Noah Gold defender that was right there but I thought it was a veteran crafty move to kind of just like knock into him a little bit before the pass, and it was an easy it was an easy call for the ref to make, and they converted with, with three points from, from Tito. But it seemed like, okay, they got going, 6-0. In your mind, after the first 10 minutes, kind of what were you thinking about how it was going to go? Was was the game kind of living up to your expectations of, of Oakland D.C. trying to maintain possession, I suppose?
1: Yeah, and I would say like the entire first half, really, we really controlled that game even when they were scoring or getting points it it sort of felt against the run of play and for me i think this is the first we've seen old glory really play well with a a settled shape like they they have both on attack and on defense they clearly have a structure now what like a thing that they're trying to achieve and you know my sort of bugbear for the the past few weeks has been creativity on attack and we've seen a lot more of that in this match and a lot more you know deception and motion and and getting the ball to different people and all of that and especially that first half um defensively i think that continued into the second half on attack it sort of started to slip a bit but um yeah i was really impressed and i i thought that went really really well
0: AKP, you talk about um, defense. Nola Gold coming into this game. In the the two rounds before this, they scored 37 points against New York. They dropped 31 on Utah. It seemed like Nola Gold was starting to get their season together. And Oakley DC in that first half, they seemed to bottle up Nola Gold's offense pretty well. What were your thoughts about—you talked a little bit about but what were your thoughts about how their defensive um, approach in that first half?
1: Yeah it's it's a lot of what we've of the best of what we've seen where you know when they're when they're in their structure when they've got the defensive line set they it's really hard for teams to make progress on them i mean it it's sort of deceptive in some ways cuz the team will pass the ball back and then the the ball carrier will you know run forward and they'll they'll make good contact and then they'll you know they'll set up a ruck and they'll go again they'll send it out to the wing and the wing will seem to get a bunch of space but then six seven phases you realize wow the team actually hasn't gone forward at all like they're still playing off of basically the same line that they were on before and and we did that to nola basically all game they didn't really get aside from one or two times they really didn't get much forward progress they could occasionally make a, a like half break here or there to to get themselves a little bit further forward but that's the sort of defense we've been seeing from Old Glory. When we've had good defense in the past, it's it's been sort of a bend don't break mentality of like, okay, give him give him a few inches every time, but but never let him break through. And I feel like we're sort of the opposite of that now. We don't bend mm-hmm. at all. You can't you can't just methodically make your way down the field against Old Glory. And the the downside of that is we also have a bit of the break, which we'll, we'll get to in the in a moment, but, um, yeah, very impressed.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about that first Nola Golden try and just what, you know, right, we all know the rugby ball has such funny bounces, right? So about the 20th minute, there's a clearance kick, Rodney Iona, Iona fields it, makes a little break, you know, kind of at the midpoint, probably broke a couple of tackles that you'd like to to have there skips out a pass to Hodgson. The wing who's running up the sideline the touchline, he tries to catch the pass, bobbles it, right? Most of the time, that ball is either going to be knocked forward or it hits the ground or it goes out of bounds or the, the play just gets bottled up. Noel Gold center, JP duplessis running a great support line, just happens to be at the right place at the right time. The ball lands right in his hands. He has one person to beat, dots it down. That's one of those kind of like broken plays where you just scratch your head and say, how unlucky is that? I mean, like, what else do you take from a play like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, things are going to happen no matter how good your defense is. Like if if you can pull off that sort of silliness then yeah, you're going to score. And that's I'm not too too worried about that. Their other try was a little more concerning, but um yeah, it was stuff's going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. St- stuff happens, right? So like you talked a little bit about kind of like their shape on offense, on defense, and there were times when the shape looked really good and it worked out well, but then there were times maybe in loose play, things kind of fell apart. What, what did you kind of see there when, when things got a little unsettled for old glory?
1: Yeah. So there was, there was one of the tries got set up by a great run by Jordan Trainer, I think, and where he just like, you know, skipped through, <laughs> skipped right past like seven or eight of our guys. And and that was, and it was all set up because of like the defensive line was completely broken up because I think there was some kicking back and forth, and everyone was out of place. and And when people are out of place, our defense has struggled at times to to keep things going. They've been pretty good about getting back into shape, but um, you know, if you can make those breaks, if you can get them on the back foot, and we saw that too with um, their number eight uh Tom Florence just made I mean he was yeah. impossible to tackle the whole game. Um He's had a good
0: season since coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was and that that was those were the times where Nola looked most threatening is when he would make a little break over the gain line, he'd get us on the back foot and then they would have something to work with. So it is something where we're gonna need to be more careful of that in the future, and especially when we we go against teams like San Diego or Utah where they've got they've got those slippery guys who might be able to to make a break and then you know get us out of shape and then exploit that so it's something to keep in mind
0: definitely something to keep in mind indeed um, and I, I want to kind of skip to the second half um, talk a little bit about that last. 20 minutes or so of the game, you know, it, it was. You know, we talked a little bit about things kind of getting out of shape there. But did you feel like maybe I don't know if it was the rain or depth. I, th- I think our depth has been pretty solid, guys coming in. But it, did did you get a sense that the team maybe kind of like ran out of steam in a way? Is that the right phrase to use? What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I would say ran out of steam. Like they they did seem to get tired towards the end, and that's and that's where like all this talk about shape and structure becomes important because for me at least you saw let's go right to the end of the game and we you know down three points got the ball we making our way down the field getting right towards close to the the try line and on attack we just we sort of lost our shape our structure again and it was a lot of guys catching the ball flat-footed not being quite where they're supposed to be catching the ball and wanting to offload it to someone but no one quite being in the right place for that to happen and it's the sort of thing that you know maybe they did just get tired because it was a very very physical match and old glory played a lot of defense and a lot of good defense and maybe our depth isn't quite what we what we need it to be we've had great depth but we also have a lot of injuries so there's a lot of guys starting who otherwise would be on the bench i mean you take a look at players like owen sheehy if he's if you don't have so many injuries to the back line, he's coming off the bench, and instead he's starting. And yep. you know you've got you've got other guys coming off the bench, and and especially in the backs, we don't we've sort of run out of back three players with three of them injured. We're starting the other three, and so yep. you know I think I think Palamo stepped onto the wing at one point, or and I think last week we saw Talatena shift onto the wing towards the end of the match, so. It does seem like they, they start to lose that shape towards the end, and it starts to be more just individual players trying to make something happen, and it's so much easier to shut down defensively, and, and I think that's why we struggled on attack towards the end of the match.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of those injuries, right? Like We know that Stan South is is probably out for the season. There's going to be a replacement coming on. Colin Gross has stepped in admirably, and I thought he's been playing really well uh, for a first-year player, rookie in MLR. Can't rave enough about how he's been playing and stepped into that role, getting starting minutes. But you talk about backline injuries, right? So last week, Kurt Baker goes out with a head injury. So Mike Dabula stepped in, and I thought he played pretty well. Uh, for Old Glory. He might yeah, be in a good game. Well, he might be up there for back of the game. We'll get to that in a bit. But you talk about the other backline players that we've been missing for the last couple of weeks. Two guys who were in the top 10 in try scores last season, right? Junior Sal and Penny Lasanga, who we haven't really seen very much of this season because of injuries. Those are guys you want in the lineup because they're a threat to score and they get the ball. And we haven't been able to play with them, right? So I guess that's a good thing, right? Owen oh, and is getting more starting minutes. We're, we're figuring out different combinations, but. I don't think we've really have gone through, and right, and Willie T really didn't play in round one. He was a he was a healthy scratch, right? So I don't even think we have played with our full back line. Yeah, I mean I could be wrong here, um, and then more injuries, right? Uh, Nick, I couldn't quite see what happened early in the second half, about five six minutes in. Old Glory had a little bit of a break. There was a there was a. penalty there was a little bit of a breakdown Nick Suchan on the sideline kind of like rolled off he got down on his knees you could kind of see the replay he he looked like he was pointing at his head this is just speculation so I don't really know what happened or what the official injury was but then he immediately kind of called off and and, and Gaddis ran on did you did you see what happened there or do we have a report from from on kind of what what that was about
1: yeah, I haven't heard, and um, I was sitting in the stands very close to there when it happened, but I, I couldn't, I didn't have a good view of it, and you do sort of assume it's gotta be something with the head, because he went off so quickly, and he went off under his own power, so it's, you know, he didn't damage it didn't look like he damaged his yeah. shoulders, or his, his his legs, or anything like that, you'd be able to see that in the the way he ran off, but he just sort of Ran straight off, and so, yeah. Hopefully, it's not a concussion. Hopefully, it's it's nothing bad. Um, yeah, he's been top notch for us. So, you, you'd hate for him to be out for any extended period of time.
0: Yeah, of course, right. Like you mentioned, we'll, you know, let's let's hope he's healthy. It's nothing long term. Didn't seem like a ligament or some structural there. And if it's a head thing, let's hope he's okay and gets cleared to play when he's ready to. But certainly, he's played great for us all season long at the back there, a lot of those rolling malls. And there were a few of them where Old Glory was pushing and looking good. Um, So there'll be some changes there to look ahead to when they play San Diego on, on Sunday. But we talked a little bit about this before here. I want to talk a little bit about the officiating. And I'm not here to pick on the officiating in this game necessarily. But it seems like there have been, and if you go on Reddit, MLR Reddit, and others... Seems like there's been some inconsistency, perhaps, with how games maybe are being called across the board through the first six weeks, or maybe just inconsistency in some individual games here. I think others voiced some frustration on, on social about this. AKP, what were your kind of thoughts? And again, we're not naming the name of the reps, right? We're not we're not picking on it, but it it seems like there have been some some issues that have been bubbling up here and there, across the board. You want to give your PC take on how the officiating went this game? If diplomatic, maybe. Let's rephrase it. Yeah, uh, your diplomatic take on it. Or or, or take, do a hot take.
1: <laughs> I will I won't I will avoid any of the language I used while I was in the stands, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. No. The overall I've been actually fairly happy with the way officiating has gone in the league so far this year. I feel like it's come a lot way a long way since the league started. And officiating stuff tough, and you yes. know, world-class referees are are rare and hard to come by, and you don't expect to find them in major league rugby of all places. But overall, it's been each ref has their own style, and it's been consistent enough and fairly evenly balanced. And bad calls here and there. There was that one try Dallas scored that got called back, even though it really shouldn't have. And like, there's there's always things that can be complained about but for the most part each game has felt i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the referees in in each game and then the end of this one really just sort of went off the rails the last 10-15 minutes or so it the referee went from being very really quite strict at the breakdown to just seeming to let really anything go and it it was frustrating to watch in the in the stands and. I think all of everyone in the stands was very frustrated. Um, I don't know if it came through on the broadcast, but there was there was a lot of frustration in the stands. At the, just things like, you know, offsides and hands in the rock holding on to it. I mean, I was in the stands and just could see our player over the ball on his feet, holding the ball, nothing called. And it just... It just changed the tenor of the match. And, I i mean, I don't want to say that the, the referee would have, you know, we would have won but but for the referee or anything mm. like that. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, that was a 50-50 match. That was a dead yeah. heat. And, like, we could yeah. well have lost that game even if the referee had been perfect. And so, yeah. you know, I, I'm i not going to say we, the game was stolen or anything like that. But but it did take a, a match that was 50-50 really close and, and sort of tip it in favor of Nola because suddenly they could they could get away with anything, it felt like. So it was frustrating. That was frustrating. Yeah. But yeah. you do what you can do. And that's the way things go sometimes.
0: That is the way things go sometimes. Life cannot be fair that way. The bounce of the rugby ball cannot go in your favor. Or if you know that goal, twice with a bobbled pass yeah. to a no-look Harlem Globetrotters pass. Nice pass by kiam Dolan, but uh, right into the hands of of his teammate. How about that? But hey, you know, maybe we'll get some of those bounces uh, as we move forward. So let's just kind of look ahead, right? So we've got a few days here. Nola Gold, sorry, Old Glory DC plays again on Sunday and we'll preview round seven. They're going to take on San Diego Legion. This is going to be a tough test. In your mind, what are the things All Glory can try and do in these next few days to either improve upon or maybe just try and put a focus on going into this really important match in round seven?
1: Yeah, so I think I think it's all about maintaining their shape. I think they need to they need to find a way to to keep calm, keep it controlled, and they need to find ways to even when they're tired, refine their shape and their structure and and stick to it. Because when they're when they're in their shape and their structure, and they're not just trying to hero ball everything, they they do really well, and they can they've done well against the best of the best, and keeping that up. For the entire match against San Diego that that will be key, and part of that is also in situa- specific situations. We I think we can see them get a little bit rushed when they get close to the the try line. They can try and make things happen that aren't necessarily on. And I think they're going to need to to just keep calm, have patience, allow their structure to to do the work for them and. And keep it controlled, and and if they can do that, I I back them against anyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a there was a one other point, and maybe this was just when when Suchan came off and, and Gaddis came in, but and this it, also happened in the first half too. There were a couple of. Line-out throws, and maybe there was a missed call or something. There was a couple instances where, man, it kind of felt like they shot themselves in the foot on some bad line Look, that's going to happen, right? In in, in a cold day, and yeah, it wasn't really rainy, but it was wet out there, so the balls definitely slippery. You saw the players rubbing the ball down to try and get a good grip. A couple instances there where we lost some some line-out throws that certainly killed some momentum that, you know, I don't know if that's combination or calls, but you'd love to see that stuff get cleaned up, and Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a bit weird, because, I mean, overall, lineouts were great against NOLA. Yeah. After all that talk of, oh, Cam Dolan is so good in the lineout, oh, Old Glory is going to need to win the set piece, we did. We yeah. we took advantage of their lineout. We stole more of theirs than they did of ours, and really, the ones that we lost, we had like one disrupted by them, and then we had one um, where it just... No one jumped up to catch the ball, which is just a miscommunication, and that it is concerning that we still have miscommunications at the lineout, but, but that's fixable. That is fixable. Communication at the lineout is fixable, and, you know, the fact that they can win them when they get up there, is is great. Shout out to yeah. Bavaro for that. Yeah. Bavaro, Bavaro and Gross doing absolute gold work at the uh, the lineout.
0: Is that a pun? It
1: wasn't (laughs) intentional, but yeah, we'll go with it.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. Well, I liked it. So how about we move on to um, Ford of the game. Um, AKP, I'm going to let you go first and reveal who you thought was your Ford of the game. And you may have already mentioned him, I think, just a couple moments ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's Bavaro. I thought he looked great. He had um, multiple half-breaking runs he he was so disruptive at the lineout and good at securing our own line out i thought it was just an absolute class day from him
0: yeah i thought bavaro played really well i think the last time he scored was round one but he is close to breaking one and i think he has a shot here against san diego i think the boys are going to be ready for this one excellent pick bavaro's played great all all season long um my forward of the game and we've talked about him before. I thought Corey Daniel had a pretty solid game. He ton of tackles again, ton of good runs, always breaking the gain line, you know, churning his legs, getting getting the ball moving forward. Um he's a wrestler. I was a wrestler in high school, so I'm gonna give the nod to my, my fellow wrestler Corey Daniel for his for the forward of the game from me. So, back of the game. This one is a kind of a tricky one. I thought of a few players. I have two in mind who I think stood out. Um William, uh, William Talitena again, I just love him where he is at the center. I just think he brings that veteran yeah. presence. The try he scored again, just... was like a forwards try again. I love it. Yeah. First of all, that was probably oh, yeah. already a try that was scored by the forwards. I don't know what the official was seeing there. but uh,
1: Oh, yeah, I thought ahead. I saw it go over the line multiple times. But, yeah, no, if we ever run out of flankers and we need to pull someone out of position <laughs> to play at flanker, I mean, just watching him, like, there was that one carry where it's just one guy came in to tackle throws him to the ground next guy comes in to tackle it throws him to the ground third the the third guy is actually the first guy who got back up and tried to tackle again and he just goes right over him it's
0: yeah
1: he's just a he's so much fun to
0: watch yeah yeah i agree so He's going to be my back of the game. I do want to give an honorable mention to Mike DeBoola stepping in at starting at fullback in the place for Kurt Baker. I thought DeBoola's played pretty well. Again, I love seeing him out there getting minutes. He played well. He probably could have had an extra pass in the first half to spring the try there that didn't quite get over the line, but um, I think he saw the try line, had a very, nose for it, and close. went for yeah. it. So, like, I'm not going to harm, fault him for that, but I thought he played pretty well fielding kicks. But my, my back of the game um, is Willie T.,
1: yeah, I think that's that's fair. But I'm actually going to go for Marcos Young, who I thought had a, a really, really good game on the wing. Um, he always looked threatening. I don't know if he ever actually broke through. I think he had a, one or two good good runs up the sideline. Actually, yeah, he had that one really long breaking one where there unfortunately just wasn't, wasn't enough support for him to effectively offload it. But he, he looked on fire all game.
0: I just love his hair. I mean, every time I see him out there running, I'm like, who's that again? Oh, Marcus Young. <laughs> the yeah. Red hair is great.
1: <laughs> and speaking of people who've stepped into the, the starting lineup with, with, um, you know, two of the top try scorers from last year yeah. out, and he stepped onto the wing and, and looked absolutely fantastic.
0: Yep. Domestic player, too. U.S. domestic eligible. Yeah. I believe, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. You see. do
1: have to wonder if, uh, if Scott Lawrence has has his eye on him.
0: I think he does. I think he should. All right, so that wraps up round six again. A, a tough one, a game you'd love to see Oak Glory get the win, but they at least scratched out a table point, and those are valuable, as we talked about. Let's take a real quick look at the standings. I'm going to go in the Western Conference. It's pretty top-heavy here. Seattle. They have not lost. They're 5-0. They've got 21 table points. San Diego Legion, All Glory DC's round seven opponent. They're 4-1. They've got 21 points. There's a point differential against Seattle. Their defense is so good. They've only given up 60 points across five games. And granted, five and a half technically, but you've got Houston Sabercats. They looked well against Rugby ATL. They've got 20 points. Utah, who neck and neck with Toronto. Toronto had a chance to win that game. All of a sudden, Utah explodes for five on tries. They're 3-2. They've got 14 points. Chicago, six points. They're one and four. And Dallas, dang, if Dallas almost pulled off that upset against New England, that would have really so helped call Glory. They're 0-6. They got four table points. Are we gonna call the Dallas victory against the Arrows in our preview for round seven? We'll talk about that in a little bit. A little bit of a teaser is what they call in the biz. But let's move over to the Eastern Conference. A.K.P. It is tight here, right? So New England escaped with a one-point victory over Dallas. They're four and one. They've got 19 points. They're in first place. Nola Gold went from fourth to second. They've won three straight now. They've got 14 table points. They do give up a lot of points, so that's something for Nola Gold to be concerned about. Oak Glory D.C. maintains third place. They're two and three. They've got 13 points. Rugby A.T.L. Two and three. They've got 11 points. How about the defending champs, two and three? They're in fifth place with 10 points. And, of course, the arrows in one and four. They've got five points. But, again, there's only eight points that separate third from six. What are your thoughts so far through six rounds in the Eastern Conference?
1: Yeah, no one's out of it yet. I mean, Toronto's going to have a a tough time pulling themselves out, and that's partly just – but if they were to – suddenly click like nola did even they're not out of it they could they could make a comeback and and get themselves into a playoff spot so it's i feel like in in past years we've had uh we've had different team or the the way the conferences have shaken out has been different but this year it's it's very much the west is like three great teams and then three not so great teams no or utah you could is okay, uh, but then the Eastern Conference. It's like we don't have any great teams, but we also only only one bad team. Outside of Toronto, the rest of the teams are all really pretty good. So yeah, yeah, it's it's like the the middle class. the The Eastern Conference is is the middle class. All of it.
0: And you're talking about a Aeros team that has been playing most of the season with massive injuries. Right? So they're doing this with a lot of backups. They started a guy, let's talk about him for a second, Brendan Black, who the youngest ever player to start in an MLR game. He's 18 years old. He bested the record of his teammate who is who is 18, but like I guess a few months older than him. Right, So you're starting an 18-year-old in a professional rugby game. That can't be easy, but kudos for him for stepping up. Toronto, if they can get healthy and get some pieces, again, as you said, can they make a run to to stay competitive? Possibly, they're not going to be a team that I think you can just overlook. So I think this Eastern Conference is just going to be fun to watch from from here on out, as as we've talked about. But I want to preview this San Diego Legion game. We talked about San Diego. They're in second place in the Western Conference. They're tied in table points with the undefeated Seattle Seawolves. They've got a. Little, you talk about a team that wants to, to get out and run. They've got a lot of pieces there you want to talk you talk about a team that can make things unsettled for old glory dc real quickly the legion have some guys that can score some points they look good certainly what's your impression so far of of san diego from what you've seen
1: yeah so they definitely they definitely look good and obviously the standings are what they are they they're clearly winning the games um They don't look invincible, though, uh, unlike previous seasons. And unlike, say, the Seawolves, who the Seawolves look just sort of somewhat unstoppable, like they're going to get their points and they're not going to let you get your points and that's it. Whereas San Diego, I was rewatching that their match against uh, Rugby ATL a couple of weeks ago, and they they really struggled to make the game line a lot of the time, I think. With our if when our defence is in its structure and in its in the correct shape and, and settled, I think they're going to struggle to make ground on us. And I think you know, as long as we can keep that, I think we'll be able to keep them out of the end zone. But the problem is, of course, if if someone manages to make a break and manages to get us out of shape and you've got Ma Nanu, you've got Mikey Teo, you've got you know, Nate Augsburger's been doing yeah. really well. On the it's the best yeah. I've ever seen him play. Yeah, yeah, he was clearly wasted at scrum half for all those years. <laughs> but they, you know, they they really can make something out of nothing in an instant, and that's going to be the the risk for Old Glory. Um, if our if our defense can keep it in in its shape, then I th- I think we'll be okay on that that front. But otherwise, it could be a long day for us.
0: Yeah, a couple other guys to, to talk about with San Diego. I think in their Ford pack, I'm really impressed with their hooker Malalo. He is he's been a, a force out there. Tons of carries, big tackles, scored a few tries uh, for them. They've had some some injury concerns. Um, They're starting fly half Richard Henderson's been missed the past couple of weeks. I think he had a head knock. Of course, Will the USA Eagle who who can play all, you know fullback and fly half has stepped in and has played really well for them. But one of my favorite players. Another eagle, Marcel Rocky. he's their captain. He's looked really good there in the center position, which yeah. is crazy because he's been in the game for, for so long. He's played top-flight competition, super rugby with Western Force, but he seems to be able to control that those centers pretty well, distributing the ball, finding the right spots to spring guys loose. This is going to be an interesting match, and uh, I... <laughs> I don't think there'll be weather concerns. It should be sunny in in, in San Diego. It's the last game on Sunday, uh, in in round seven. Um, so here, here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about how we think Old Glory could win this game, right? I think Old Glory's got a tough task in, in in front of them. Certainly, I think if you're Old Glory, we saw a little bit of how they did it against Gold, At least those first fifteen minutes, possessing the ball really for dominant. Pick and go. Let's drive the ball. Let's get Nola Gold to commit some penalties at the breakdown. Let's use Tito's boot any opportunity we can to kick for points. I think it like slow the game down a little bit and then really be selective and, and pick our spots when we can spring, spring guys to, to, to make some runs. Um, do I think Old Glory can win this game? I think they've got opportunities, too. I think they've shown that they can play with 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 good teams, San Diego is coming off a bye. You've know, you, you brought this up in the past. A lot of teams seem to struggle coming off the bye. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how San Diego forms from this. So without getting the score yet, AKP, in your mind, how does Old Glory win this game?
1: I think, um, so I already talked about defensive structure. So that defensively, I, I think it's it's all going to be about keeping their shape and, and like not running out of steam towards the end of the game. On attack, I think we really need to lean into our, our set piece. We've got a quality line out. We've got our scrum is is good. It's still a little shaky towards the beginning of the match, weirdly, but Iscaro is is just doing absolute excellent work at the, the scrum and and San Diego's Scrum has not looked super, super great. So lean into the forwards, lean into into the set piece and really try and and dominate them up front like you say their backs are scary i would i'd prefer not to to exhaust our backs trying to trying to to break through them that way in a a risky way so it's sort of going to be youth versus experience in the back lines because we've got i mean tito's over 30 but everyone else i mean it's Talatena mid-20s um fairman martinez under 25 marcos young is under 25 taboulos is mid-20s um early 20s so it and then on their side you've got ma nana who's like 40 something you've got brocky who's not far short of that you've got teo who's over 30 you've got Augsburger who's over 30 so it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting youth versus experience battle in the in the backs
0: I love that. No, that's that's a good breakdown. One thing that I think Oak Lord should to be concerned about and similar for San Diego with Danny threatening to score. San Diego has a scrum after Richard judge who who likes to break things off. He's a guy you got to keep an eye on who who can, who can pick one off and, and, and score one there. So all right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the score prediction and an AKP, I'll go first, and this may not be a popular one here on this on this podcast, so um, we're still friends here, but this is how I envision this going down. I think San Diego. I think it's going to be a tough task for Old Glory to fly across the country and take on one of the one of the best teams in, in MLR. Here's what I'm hoping for: Old Glory, we keep this game close and they salvage two table points, so they score four tries and they lose by less than seven points. In my mind, this is I think what hap- is what's going to happen. Old Glory DC hangs in there, hangs tough. Scores a try in the last few minutes to get within under seven. They salvage two table points. They catch the loss here, but they lose by five or six. Again, get the two table points for the four four score, four tries scored, losing by less than seven. Two table points. I think San Diego, this is going to be a big test for Old Glory, and I hope I'm wrong on this. I really do. I'm, I'm okay if, if I'm wrong on this completely. I think Old Glory comes up just a bit short they, they're competitive i like san diego to win this one i'm gonna go san diego 31 old glory 25 sorry for the listeners out there
1: <laughs> it's fair and honestly i was i was thinking the exact same thing just while we've been talking i've i've changed it i've talked myself into an old glory win but yeah i i think it'll be close and i I wouldn't be shocked by a, a San Diego win. It's just like when we played New England, just like when we played NOLA, this is going to be a game that that really hangs in the balance to the last moment. It's going to be competitive. I think the lead is going to flip-flop between the teams at least a few times during the match. I, I'll i take Old Glory by one point. And, nice. Uh, I love
0: it. I love it. I can't uh, wait to I eat think, my words. I think it'll
1: yeah. be... 83rd minute drop goal from Mike Taboulos to win it that's that's going to oh, be my guess
0: I love it that would be amazing uh, I, I can't wait right that's that's the that's the final game in in round seven again that's that Sunday afternoon 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time San Diego at home against Old Glory uh, DC so you heard it here we'll see well, you got a point AKP go for it
1: oh yeah I forgot to mention what the model is picking that's right. What's the model, model say? The model has they it, the model has is in your boat and has San Diego by 6 points. So 6
0: points. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, now, not too bad.
0: Yeah, does that take into account that it's um San Diego's only, you know, this is their first season in Snapdragon Stadium or is it is it uh nah.
1: It doesn't know that much. It know. does take okay. into account that they've had a good record at home. I think yeah. they're... For the matches that the the model cares about, they're 100% at home. um, Okay.
0: All right. Very good. All
1: right. It is taking that into account.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, let's move into the rest of of round seven. We've got some real interesting matchups here that could shake things up on, on both conferences. Let's start. I love a Friday night rugby game. Friday night rugby for me, I love it. I think they should try and implement this next season going forward. There should at least be one game every Friday night. Ideally, not as late as a 9.30, 10.30 Eastern Standard kickoff, but that's that's okay. Utah Warriors are at home. They're taking on the New England Free Jacks. Utah, again, I believe they were down a point with about 20 minutes left against the Arrows before. They just ran in a bunch of tries. Their winger, Mano, had a hat trick. Thank you, Fantasy Rutgers team. Hopefully they pull out the victory. But Utah is at home. They're against the New England Free Jacks. This one is a tricky one for me to pick. I think one, I love that stadium there, as Ains Bank Stadium. I love the backdrop of like the mountain and the snow caps. It looks really cool. They always get a real good crowd. They play well at home. What concerns me a little bit is that Utah let the arrows, I don't know, let the arrows, but the arrows were hanging in there with a young team and in the team that, you know, they had to find a lot of replacements for for guys being injured. New England that game against Dallas, tricky one. They did what they were supposed to do. They hung on. They won. They beat Dallas. They're moving on. Can New England's defense, have they gone up against an offense? And I think Old Glory DC's offense had some weapons, but Utah seems to be able to move that ball around the park pretty well. you got a guy like Lacique who's a batting ram who can, you know, soften up those inside centers a little bit. And then you've got McAnee and Mono and Crusade who can, you know, they find creative ways to get the ball. Can Utah pull off the win here? Before I give my score prediction, what does the model say?
1: The model says New England by one point. So very
0: close. Interesting. 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 Yeah. I, I wanna I wanna I want the Warriors to win this game because that's gonna help Old Glory DC. But I think I think New England they're a good they're too good of a team. They're a tough team. I think they have a bounce back effort. Um I like I like New England in this one. Uh, this game could get sideways quickly like it did against the Arrows, but I like New England in this one to win. I'm going to give them winning by five points, winning on the road.
1: Yeah, I have New England by seven. I think I'm not super convinced by Utah yet. They seem to have had great performances against bad teams, and I'm I'm just I, – I think I know a bit more about New England, and I know New England is is pretty good, so – I have to side with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Moving on. So then, on Saturday, there's no Saturday afternoon games. There's a Saturday night game, eight o five p.m. Eastern Standard Eastern Time kickoff. Dallas Jackals at home against the Toronto Arrows. AKP. Before we give our score predictions, who? What does the model say will win this game?
1: So in a, in an absolute shocking twist Dallas is favored by two points over Toronto
0: favored by two points so I'm going to take the cowards way out and I'm going to go AKP what's your pick first
1: I'm going to take Dallas to win and I'm going to say Dallas by three I think they've they've been getting so close like closer and closer and closer and I and importantly they they look like what old glory looks like when old glory loses their shape and loses their structure where um, a lot of great individual play but not a lot of good team play but the thing is I think Toronto is the perfect opponent for that. I don't think Toronto will be able to stop them their individual play and I th- I think it will it'll be Dallas's first win ever.
0: Nice. AKP I've been back and forth on this. I want to go Arrows. I want to go Jackals. But I think I'm going to jump aboard the party bus here. And I'm going to pick the Dallas Jackals to get their first win in franchise history. I like Dallas in this one. I think it's going to be a tight one. It's going to come down to the last few minutes. Um, I like Dallas to squeak this one out and have them winning by three points. Exciting stuff. Let's hope Dallas uh, gets their first win just so they can get that out of the way and yeah. it's not an ongoing storyline anymore
1: yeah they need to get that that off their back
0: yeah all right moving on so so again round seven no teams are on by this one so we've got six games here and then on sunday count it one two three four games on sunday all kicking off just about the same time so this is definitely a multi-screen type of day Sunday afternoon, the Chicago Hounds at home against the Houston Sabercats. This is a 2 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Chicago, I mean, they just look outmanned um, against the Seattle Seawolves. And Seattle is a good team. And (laughs) if you remember back the last podcast, I said there were two potential banana peel games in round six. And I almost called Dallas beating New England, but I was too much of a coward to pick it. And Dallas almost won that game. That was just extreme luck on my part. But I also said that if the, if the, if the temperature was 40, more than 45 degrees Fahrenheit on Sunday, Chicago would beat Seattle. I think the, the game time temperature at kickoff was 45 or 44, and then there was the lightning thing. So could Chicago have come back in that second half? Possibly. Did it look like it? No. Houston is a good team. They, they looked in control against Rugby ATL. Chicago is at home again. I think this is their last home game after like a five-game home stretch. I think Houston wins this game. I think they're going to win this one pretty easily. I like Houston winning by – I'm going to have them winning by 15.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Houston by 14 because, I mean, you just look at the recent results, there's no way you can pick Chicago. Yeah, and the model has Houston by only four, which is – Surprising, but
0: okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Moving on to the second game on uh, Sunday. Noah Gold at home against the Seattle Sea Wolves. Gold again. Winners of three straight. They're at home. I think their winning streak stops here. Seattle's too good of a club. They've only given up sixty points. I like Seattle to win this one. I've got Seattle winning by twelve.
1: I think it's gonna be pretty close. But I still have Seattle winning, yeah. Seattle by um, say five. And the model yeah. the model says Seattle by ten. Mm. But it's also still catching up to the fact that Null is not bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this this um this next one, this three PM kickoff, New York at home against rugby. ATL, this one is a tricky one for me to pick. New York has not looked very good over the last few weeks. Again, they were on by. Maybe they've had time to kind of regroup, reset, get players healthy. If you look at who they're playing, rugby ATL, this was a team that I said a couple weeks ago I thought was sneaky good, and they did not look sneaky good at all uh, against Houston. I'd love to hear what the model has for for winning this one.
1: So the model... Uh, surprisingly, has New York over Atlanta by four, and I, I say surprising because I think I would go the other way.
0: You think you? Well, what's your pick? Go ahead.
1: I I'll go with I'll go with Atlanta by three.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to join you on this one too. Um, and it's not a hatred for for New York, but I just think uh, I'd love to see Rugby ATL on a bounce back effort here. Continue to, to, to knock and knock down the defending champs here. I've got a couple of players on New York who are on my fantasy team, so Ed out if you could rumble through for a couple of tries, that'd be great for me. But and I'd like, I kind of like Rugby ATL here in a bounce back effort against getting that's against a tough loss in round six to Houston. I like Rugby ATL on this one. I think it's probably going to be a close one. I'll have them win by four. So yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think. ATL is a more organized team, and I think we're, we're starting to get to the part of the season where New York isn't able to just pick people apart like they were at the beginning. So,
0: so that is round seven. Again, Old Glory DC and San Diego close out round seven on Sunday afternoon. So a full slate this round, six games. Some interesting things to watch. Could Dallas get their first win in franchise history? That'll be fun to watch. Uh, how is Utah going to respond with New England coming into town? That'll be interesting. Canola Gold? Can they keep their winning streak going against the 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 you know the tough the top the top defense uh, in MLR in Seattle? We shall see. And will Old Glory DC will they back AKP's pick of them beating San Diego? And will John Fitzpatrick eat his words about them losing? Let's find out. We've got a fun round seven ahead of us. AKP, before we close it out here, any final thoughts?
1: Uh Old Glory belongs and it's a it's a great feeling. I'm we're in the race and I love it.
0: Old Glory belongs, we're in the race, and I love it. Couldn't have said it any better myself and I echo those sentiments. Good stuff, AKP. I'm excited for round seven. Can't wait to watch. A lot of rugby to watch on Sunday. I just hope my wife lets me do it and the kids take a really long nap. We shall see. <laughs> for Alistair Kirsch Pool, I am John Fitzpatrick. Thank you for listening.